0: Just as well for those emotional and spiritual healings. Thank God that He brought John up also out of that horrible pit, out of that miry clay. He set his feet on a rock, established his goings. Oh, let's give Him praise. Come on, lift your hands and lift your heart. Hallelujah! 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 When Pop was worship leader, he'd love to have this song sung. He's all I need. Lift your voice and sing with Courtney. Jesus is all I need. SING IT AS A DECLARATION, He's
1: all HALLELUJAH, all
0: HE'S ALL I NEED. standing together I want to take your attention to the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 I realize what time it is and I'm going to keep my eye on that but more importantly I want the will of God to be accomplished for this this day God has put it in my heart for us to spend this season this period of time focusing on prayer the church in prayer And there's been these prayer focuses. I've brought three of them to you over the past couple of weeks. This has been the fourth. I give out a new prayer card. The administrative team, office team helps so so much in doing this. A prayer card each Wednesday with a new new set of focuses on it. The one we gave out this past Wednesday night has this: Colossians chapter one, verse nine. Paul said, For this cause we also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding this prayer focus is simply that filled with the knowledge of his will would you join together put that put your hand on the shoulder of that person beside you let's pray for each other let's pray together Lord Jesus, we come to you today. We thank you. Thank you for your wonderful spirit. Thank you, Lord, for what's happened already in this place. Thank you, Lord, for Bethany. Thank you for John. Thank you for everyone in this room. I pray today that you would help us. God, I pray that there would be an enlightenment that would take place in our hearts and minds today. I pray your word would just become alive and real. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you're seated. I want to read the scripture one more time, and I want you to look at these words in it. And We're going to go back, and we're going to look at it in the context here in just a few moments. But Paul says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. God has put it in my heart for this season, for this period of time that we're in, especially leading up to the election. 2020 has been one of the most chaotic years in our history, in your history, my history. We know that to be a fact. But God has put it in my heart that in this season, that the church be in prayer. Just simply this, it's a two-point focus, that the church be active in praying, meaning that we are Praying, that we are doing that. We're praying, active in praying. And number two, that the church be the subject of the praying. That we pray together and together we pray for one another. That we are tightening up what is important. That we are strengthening the things that are foundational in our life. Simply put, I need you. I need you, you need me, we need each other. We really do need each other. And at this time, a strong, united, equipped, empowered, and engaged church is desperately needed by this world. Our county mayor prayed over the ministry team a moment ago. He realizes. How desperately our county, our city, our state, our nation, our world needs a strong church. I believe firmly that we are here for such a time as this. God has raised us and placed us for this hour. This is not the church that my grandmama grew up in. It's the same church, but it's not the same hour. It's not the same time that Grandma Beecham and Grandma Graves, these incredible women of God, my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles, they never would have, they, they would be shocked out of their minds at what's happened in, in these past few years that you and I have been living through, and, and rather than us wanting to go back in time and say, oh, I wish it was like the good old days we need to face this get a hold of it and say I'm here for right now I'm going to be what needs to be in this very hour we're engaging and this is how we're engaging we're engaging by not focusing on ourselves but by directing our attention to God and lifting up our brothers and our sisters You see, Paul taught us in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul was writing to us about spiritual battle, about spiritual warfare, and he taught us that we're wrestling against principalities and powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know, this is not a Democrat-Republican battle. This is not a conservative-liberal battle. This is not a particular ideology. This is a spiritual battle that is taking place in this world that we're living in. And we can't put faces on this enemy because the enemy is invisible. We can't see that. And it's not just a battle of ideology. It's not just a battle of this against that. There is literally a spiritual war that is... Is raging today and if you think it boils down to Democrat and Republican you need to hear me preach a little bit more because the truth of the matter is it's heaven and hell that are engaged in this battle and you and I are the ones that's doing the fight you want to hear another truth the other truth is this we are already the winners we're in a battle but the outcome's already been determined. We're gonna win. The only people that don't win is the people that don't get engaged and decide I'm gonna sit this one out. You can't sit this one out. It's time to say I'm gonna rise, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna engage. I am going to do what I need to do in this hour. And Paul writes to us and he tells us this is what wrestling against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places really looks like. And he gives to us what, what uh, we've been focusing on for three weeks now in Ephesians 6:18. He said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We're praying for each other. Look at that one on the right and left-hand side of you real quick. Just kind of just do that. You're praying. We're praying for each other. We're doing this perseveringly. And then he said, pray for me, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul is writing to you and I today today. And he's saying stay in prayer, watch in prayer, persevere in prayer, pray in the spirit, pray for all the saints, pray for the ministry, pray for the ministry that there would be opportunity, that there would be revelation, that there would be boldness. It's been said before, but let me say it again, if you want a better preacher, pray for him. If you want your pastor to preach better, pray for him. You want to get more out of what your pastor says? Pray for him. Pray for him because God will help him get better if you'll pray for him. And let me go on just a little bit further. And in this battle that you and I are part of, we're not going to win on social media because we're not fighting a battle of ideas. It's not ideology. We're fighting a spiritual battle. And as the church gets stronger, we're going to see darkness push back. I believe that with everything within me. As the church rises to meet this hour, and as we get stronger, and as we get bolder, and as we we stand and face this challenge, darkness is going to be pushed back. I believe that. And the church gets stronger when together we pray for one another. This is where our strength lies. It's in being together. So, I'd advise, or I want to throw this out here to you. Let's rise to meet the moment. The church is on the move. So, step out in faith. This is a great day. I wake up. I don't know how you guys wake up. As far as, you know, I don't know. I don't know your routine. I really, I'm not here to talk about that. But when I wake up, I don't get up really early. I get up, I don't know, I will start waking up. A little bit before 7. That's that's just when my internal alarm clock goes off. Everybody that knows me well knows that about midnight, that's when my carriage turns into a pumpkin. So my best hours is between 7 a.m. and midnight. After that, I need to be in bed or I'm just not going to be that good. But I'll wake up. And I usually wake up with a song or a thought or a scripture. It's rolling through my mind. That's what wakes me up. And I'm not just making this up. It happens. And so the other morning, I don't even remember what day, but I woke up with this thought. This thought. It's like the Spirit of God. He, he had me there and he was nudging me and he's speaking. And he says, don't speak to where we are and then leave it there. Speak to where we're going. Call what is not as though it were you see it doesn't take a whole lot of perception to be able to speak to where we are anybody with a little bit of intuition can speak to where we are but the holy ghost woke me up a few days ago and said don't speak to where we are and then leave it there speak to where we're going call what is not as though it were Jesus did that. You see, no one had ever heard of a church. The word church is not even found in Scripture until you find it in Matthew chapter 16. Then Paul refers to the church that was in the wilderness talking about the people of God. But he doesn't refer to it until after Jesus had mentioned and given the word church in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18. He's with his disciples at the coast of Caesarea or in the region of Caesarea Philippi where there was this evil pagan metroplex, if you please. It was just, y'all been there. It was just nothing but an entire region that was dedicated to idolatry, to child sacrifices, to animal sacrifices that were dedicated to idols. And so they're walking along in this region in Caesarea Philippi, in the north part of Israel. And Jesus looks at his disciples and asks them, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're Elijah, some say you're one of the prophets. He said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said, Lord, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus looked at him and he said, I want to tell you this, that flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father which is in heaven... I want to stop for a moment and tell you that if you have the understanding that Jesus is the Christ, that's not a fleshly revelation. You've got to be led, you've got to be enlightened by the Spirit to know that Jesus is Lord. This wonderful revelation that you have received in your life came from the very same God that said, Let there be light. That God that said, Let there be light, and there was light, has given revelation of who Jesus is in your life. And if you know Jesus is Lord, you ought to clap your hands to the Lord right now. Bless it. Be the name of the Lord. Seven, over 7 billion people in the world, and you're one of the blessed ones that know that Jesus is Lord. And Jesus heard Peter say that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God, and Jesus looked at him and he said, You're blessed among men because that's not a flesh revelation. He said, I want to tell you something. And in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he said, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, I'll build my church. Church is introduced in this verse now. And he said, on this rock, I'll build my church. He said, upon this revelation, upon truth, and that's exactly what we're established on. We're established on truth. And he said, upon this truth, I will build my Church. There's a possession to it. He said, I will build my church, my body, my ecclesia, my called out ones, my believers, my disciples, mine, and I'm going to build it, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There is no way that the church is going to be defeated. There is absolutely no way that the church is going to be defeated. And if you're sitting here this morning or if you're watching or you're listening this morning and you think that the church is doomed to go down, I want to tell you somebody told you a lie. That's not reality. This is a victorious church, a triumphant church, a church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. And then he goes on a little bit further. You see, the beautiful thing is, is that heaven and earth are connecting. And he gave authority for this heaven and earth connection because he goes on and he tells Peter. He said, "I want to tell you something else. I will give thee the keys." And in Matthew sixteen nineteen, I will give thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You see, what was going on, it was a moment there where a handful of men physically were talking and mingling together, but the reality was was this was a pivotal point in spiritual authority and power because the mighty God who brought heaven to earth and connected earth to heaven, the great I am, is making a declaration that can never be altered. Are y'all with me? It's the same I am. Somebody say the same I am. The same I am that Isaiah the prophet said this of in Isaiah 46 and 9. God said, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end From the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasures. Call in a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executeth my counsel from a far country. Yea, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. If he said something, it's going to happen. We have a little radio spot, little one-minute spot, that comes on the most heard station in this entire region. And I don't know what the station is. 106.9. Okay, so it's, it's heard, and I've had feedback. I heard your message. I heard your message. So the other day, I was driving up to Kentucky to pick up a piece of wood to finish up a project for my office, and I don't know why the satellite radio is out of the church van, but it is. And so I'm thinking, okay, I have this brain thing. I'm going to see if our spot's on the radio. So for three and a half hours, I suffered country music. <laughs> and I never heard our spot. And then Stephen Morton come to me Wednesday night. He's all excited. Pastor, I heard you on the radio. And I'm like, <clears> oh. <throat> I listened for three and a half hours to hear it. But what I did hear was this country song that I just busted out laughing. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. You laugh because you know the song. I probably need to preach harder. But as I read Isaiah, pardon me for bringing that into this, but as I read Isaiah, when God said, if I declare it, If I speak it, if I have purposed it, I will also do it. So let me just throw this out here. He knows his plan, and he's sticking to it. He knows his plan, and he's sticking to it. And it doesn't matter what the circumstances currently look like. It doesn't matter what's going on in our political system. It doesn't matter what's going on in this world. He's got a purpose, and his purpose will be accomplished. Furthermore, he knows his people, and he's sticking with them. He knows his power, and he's given it to us. And he said to the church, and he said of the church, and he said to the church and in Acts chapter 1, verse 7, he's, giving his, he's making his final remarks as he's getting ready to leave this earth. And he said unto them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. We want to know the times. We want to know the seasons. We want to know these things, and God's telling us, I've got a purpose, and it's inalterable. It's going to happen. You see, we live in a place called time, but God sits above time. Time is a little mark across the bosom of eternity, but the Bible tells us that from everlasting to everlasting, he is God. In reality, the church is only a couple of thousand years old. That's an arrangement of time. From that day of Pentecost there in Jerusalem on that day until now, we're only a couple of thousand years old, an arrangement of time, but the church in the plan of God is eternal because a long time before he even walked on the face of this earth, the victory of the church had already been predetermined. A long time before he called Peter and James and John and a long time before the 120 gathered in the upper room waiting for the promise that he said is going to come, the victory of the church had already been predetermined. I wish somebody would hear me this morning. And so it doesn't matter what 2020 throws at us. What matters is that we have an enlightenment of who we really are. We're part of something that is extraordinary. Jesus, God in flesh, walked on the face of this earth as our redeemer in redemption Christ was crucified salvation is left up to us because he's already paid for it we just have to accept it and believe it and follow his word as Bethany did this morning in salvation God requires us to believe God requires us to repent God requires us to obey in the consummation of all of this, you have redemption, salvation, and consummation. And the way it kind of all just comes together and brings or we seek completion is when we actually begin to see and know God's wisdom. We recently have looked at Ephesians chapter 3. And I want to break down a couple of verses real quick. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10. Paul is talking about and He, he said, I'm prayed for the church. I'm praying for the church. And he says this to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Or, to rephrase it a little bit, God's purpose in all this was to use his church to display his wisdom and its rich variety and all the unseen to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places you see the glory of god the greatness of god is going to be on display by the church this was his eternal plan which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord and because of Christ and our faith in him we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence I don't know where you all are in your life and I know many of you very well and I know you personally but the crux of our life is this are you with me it doesn't matter if you know systematic theology or not the point is it's either God's wisdom or yours that is ruling your life. It's either God's way or yours. All that we live for, hope for, dream for in our heart of hearts, in the very depths of our being, those things that we desire, those things that we want, life, safety, happiness, heaven, peace, joy, the presence of God, it hinges on whether we accept the ultimate wisdom of God as revealed in the Scripture and His mighty working in mankind. It's like that blind man that Jesus had made whole. And they said, don't you know that the man that healed you is a sinner? And he said, I don't know anything about him. Don't you know that he did this all wrong? He's a sinner. And he said, I don't know. I really don't know, but one thing I know, that I was blind, now I see. And so today when we talk about having an understanding, I'm not talking about theology, I'm talking about that, that I, I've had an experience with God that is just beyond my ability to put in words. But I know that I know that I know that something has changed my life. I used to be in depression, but now I'm free. I used to be in a pit, but now I'm walking in light. I used to be in despair, but now I am full. I have joy unspeakable and full of glory. You see, Paul revealed it in his prayers to the church and the church in his prayers that we should want to know how great this is. We should go on because the blind man that Jesus healed and said, I don't know him, but I do know that I was blind. Now I see. Jesus came to him again and revealed himself unto him. And the last words of that blind man was, my Lord. Because we should, even in excitement about what he's done in our life, we should want to go on a little bit further and know not only that we're healed, not only that we're delivered, not only that we're saved, but we know the Savior really well. That's the driving point behind Paul's prayers for the church, that not only should we want to know how great this is, We want to know how great he is. And if we don't have a desire to move on beyond just merely being touched, we should pray that we would want to do so. That you should want to know the one that reached into that pit and grabbed you by the hand and pulled you out and set your feet on a rock and gave you direction. You should want to know more than I used to be this way. You should want to say, I want to know the one that brought me out more and more and more and more and more. And if that's not where your desire is, that's why Paul is saying, I'm praying that that would be where your desire would come to. And he said in Ephesians three fourteen, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him, come on, somebody help me. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Glory in the church by Christ Jesus. In Romans fourteen eight. Paul says, for whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be the Lord both of the dead and the living. For this purpose also, the Messiah died and lived and arose, that he would be the Lord Jehovah to the dead and to the living. That's a paraphrase from the Aramaic Bible. In plain English. You see in Philippians 2.11, Paul said, Jesus Christ is Lord. Matthew 28.18, Jesus said, All authority is given me in heaven and in earth. 1 Thessalonians 4.4, Since we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Revelation 1.18, The living one said, I was dead, and behold, now I am alive forever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. In Revelation 2, 8, these are the words of the first and the last who died and returned to life. You see, as simple as this, God manifest himself in the flesh. He took on the sins of the world. He died. He was buried. He rose again. And because of that, you and I can be saved. And not only saved, we can be filled with the resurrection power of Almighty God. This is what Peter preached to the Gentiles. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Acts 10. When Peter stood and preached to the Gentiles that he is Lord of all. Notice this in Acts 10, 37. "'That word, I say ye know, which was published throughout all Judea "'and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. "'How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, "'who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, "'for God was with him. "'And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews "'and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree.' Him, God raised up the third day and shewed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him should receive remission from of sins. And while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. There's power in the revelation of who Jesus is. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water, that these should, be, should not be baptized, which receive the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. I thank God for this story in Acts chapter 10 because this is the door that brought you and I into where we are this morning. And as that old song says, He is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead, and he is Lord. That's who I'm talking about today. But let me tie this all together. I'm going to have to get another phrase. And what John did, that video was, was funny. That was really good. They were a little off base on some of it. But true on most of it, it was. I've thrown a lot of scriptures out here to you. I've been preaching fast because I had a lot of content. Let me just sum this up, tie it together in this, this phrase. The mighty God did not do what he did so that the church could be miserably saved. He didn't. The mighty God did not do what he did so that the church could be miserably saved. Some of y'all are saved. I just wish you knew it. We're not miserably saved. We're mightily saved. We're rejoicingly saved. And Paul said, I'm praying for y'all that you would understandingly celebrate. It's not miserable. It's mighty. It's not miserable. It's something I want to rejoice about. It's not something that I don't know. It's something that I want to understand. And when I understand, I want to be able to celebrate. I want to be able to walk in here. I want to be like the Apostle Paul with the ship falling apart under his feet as he's going through that storm. And he's saying, I know that he's got this. I trust him. I want to be like the Apostle Paul who is in that Roman prison knowing that they're going to come and remove his head from his body. And he can say, I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. You see, circumstances and periods of time and years and whatever comes and whatever goes doesn't have one thing to determine who I am or what's going to happen in my life. I'm a child of God. I have been made part of this extraordinary (laughs) church of the living God. And Paul's prayer focus was that we be filled with the knowledge of his will. Everybody knows that knows anything about preaching that when you give you text you got to build on your text or at least you got to come back to it. So just so y'all know I preached you a sermon or brought you a message or I taught you a lesson or gave you a talk or I made a speech, whatever it is you want to call it. Let's go back to the text and let's finish. Going back to Colossians Colossians chapter one and verse three. Paul said, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all saints. Let me ask y'all something. I see some of y'all really snuggling. Are some of y'all cold? But show of hands, who's cold? By show of hands, who's good? By show of hands, who's not even aware that there is a temperature? <laughs> All right, John. Not that John, the other John, the one that controls the thermostat from his phone. It's cold up in here. To them, it's not to me. So let me let me just say movement kind of gets you warm. And I've been preaching a hot sermon, and if you haven't been moving and receiving it, you know it's. Paul said, We heard of your faith. We heard of the love that you have for all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof we heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. You had an experience with God. Let's tie it together. You had this experience with God. You believed. you become part of this glorious movement of being baptized in his name, filled with his spirit, being placed in the body, put in the church, and Paul said now to these at Colossae, and do you know that the letter of Colossae or the, to the Colossians was also shared with the church of Laodicea? They were sister cities, they were twin cities. And it's the words to Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3 that Jesus said, I wish that you were cold or hot, but you're lukewarm. You think because you got stuff that you're fine. He said, you don't know how miserable you really are. You see, he doesn't want us to be miserably saved. Miserably saved is having all we need, but not having peace and joy and abundance. Miserably saved is having a name written down on the, I felt the Holy Ghost pushing me right now. Miserably saved is having your name written down And having a body in a chair. But having insecurity and unsettledness in your heart and in your mind. God doesn't want that. God wants us to be like the old folks used to say. That I got a no-soul salvation. And I've watched the old saints of God over the years that really didn't have a whole lot in this earth. We were talking about one of them the other day. They really don't have a whole lot in this earth they've got a treasure that's laid up on the other side that's pulling their heartstrings, and they've got a joy that cannot be put into words and I, I know a lady that's in my mind right now that you stand and start singing the birthday song and she's gonna start praising God miserably saved is that one that sits here while we're singing these great songs and worship and praise is going up and we're celebrating the goodness of God and they're just like it's too loud It's too cold. Kids are too noisy. They got on too much perfume. Their hair is hiding my view. Their skirt's too short. Their sleeves are not long enough. They got on too much jewelry. Joyfully saved is like, what? I don't see, I don't smell, I don't hear, I don't feel. I just know that something has changed my life, and I want to praise the Lord while I have a chance. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to magnify the name of the Lord. He brought me out. He changed my life. He turned me around. I've got hope I used to never have. I've got joy that drugs didn't give. I've got peace that alcohol couldn't bring. I've got the goodness of the Lord, and I'm going to celebrate. Let's just rest of us stand, and I'm going to close. And Paul said, I've heard what's happened in your life. And after I heard what happened in your life, Verse 9 of Colossians 1, I don't cease to pray for you, and I desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness giving thanks to the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Paul says we don't stop praying and we don't stop desiring. We're praying that ye might be. You are the one I'm praying for, that you might be filled. Filled is a state, a condition. When we're told to be filled with the Spirit... what it literally means to be filled to be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that's what we're filled with and filled means there is nothing in us but what fills us you see there's a lot of us today that we have the joy of the Lord, but we're not full of the joy of the Lord. We have the peace that passes understanding, but we're not full of that. We've got a little mixture of circumstantial turmoil. Come on, y'all hear me? sun close. We've got a little mixture of circumstantial turmoil going on along with some of the peace of God. And, 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 and James says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I know that God's good, but, oh, man, this is rough. Paul said, I'm praying that the only thing that would govern you would be the fullness of God in your life. Would you bow your heads with me? I feel something driving this, driving me home. That i want to be filled with the knowledge of his will with all spiritual understanding and wisdom so that i may walk worthy of the lord and all pleasing him that i can be fruitful in every good work that i can be increasing in the knowledge of god the result of being filled is that he's going to be seen in our life his glorious power as we remember where we were, what He's brought us from, and as we grab hold of who we are, or to sum it up in three words, we have understanding. We're walking. We're empowered. We're walking with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're walking with one that there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. There is a consistency, man. Paul said, I'm praying this for you. And your old pastor up here in front of you this morning, that's my prayer. You know who I have in my mind when I pray and say, God, help us to be consistent. Did y'all see that older couple that was up here with the three couples all ago? That one over here on the the end, it was your right-hand side. That 81-year-old man and that... 76 year old beautiful lady that was beside him i grew up with them it was in their home until he got fidgety when i was 22 years old thinking i'd never leave i was going to stay as long as i could he wouldn't let me and bonnie come there after we got married way to get on our own i'd still be living there but i've watched that old cup that couple pardon me and one of the reasons I'm standing here this morning Dwayne, one of the reasons you're here today in the house of God Angie and y'all's beautiful family our beautiful families we've watched some people that weren't shaken by circumstances we've watched some people that weren't shaken by whatever the timeline of this age was throwing at them has had the same influence in her life. And many of you, her dad's one of my heroes. Brother that went on home to be with the Lord. And there's some of us that's, we're going to have to step up our game because there's a generation that's coming along behind us that they need to see something that's settled within us that we don't fret over the fact that it's 2020. There's something bigger that's going on. We've got the purpose of God that's been activated in our life. That's my prayer. I want to be like that old guy that left church in that little red truck. It's only had two owners. Brother Ike Road and Pop. Brother Ikey bought the truck new and pop bought it from Sister Rhodes after she died and had it repainted. Dwayne repainted it and he loves that little red truck. But he left church last night after he brought all of the stuff home from the party they had out at their house. It was a party. (laughs) Brother Ledbetter, I walked up and saw him. He's wearing a hoodie. I thought he was a teenager. (laughs) They pulled out guitars. I looked at a picture. They had a PA system. Pop brought all the tables home. He ran by the church. He's got to do his routine. Goes over to the old church. Comes by here. Drops something off. He leaves here. And he was on his own property. And he got, basically ran off the road. Messed that little red truck up. It's messed up bad. Josh and them that went out to the scene. There was laughter. There was joyfulness. There was no woe is me. There was this, I'm all right. You sure you're all right? You're an old man. I'm all right. The only thing he's fretting about is he can't use his little red truck for trunks of treats. That's what he's telling me this morning. That's why he shook up because if y'all been to Trunks of Treats, you've seen the little red truck with a little blanket and a bale of hay and, and, and pumpkins and mums and it's full of candy and he's not around. Ain't Patsy's doing all the work and he's out talking to everybody. But I watched my mama who stayed home for three weeks and couldn't stand, being away from church, pulled up under the carport so she could be near the building because she's suffering with COVID. And her first day back, she walks to the altar and sings, how great thou art from the depths of her heart. And I watch the old guy that can't be shaken. And I watch Brother Nance trip over the curb, but still come in the building, and he still puts his hand on your shoulder and talks to you and and shares the love of God. This is what I look at, and I say, God, help all of us to quit being sissies. Help all of us to quit being babies. Help us to step up and to realize who we are as children of God. I used to laugh at us when I moved back down here, how that we pastored in Indiana. And you had to actually have a snow before they shut down school. <laughs> and Channel 7 News, if they think it's snowing in Arkansas, we might get a flurry. So we're going to dismiss school here in Lexington. There's a whole lot of saints of God. I'm preaching to some here and some there. There's a whole lot of saints of God that let circumstances determine their faithfulness. That's not faithfulness. That's circumstantial Christianity. And I know I got to quit. But Paul said, I want you to know it. Because if you know, you ain't going to be shook up by stuff. If you know, if you have an understanding if you know it's more than just you were blind now you see you now know that he is my lord and he is my god and there's none like him then whatever comes your way it's not going to shake your life clap your hands to the lord one more time lift your hands let's lift our voice let's lift a praise to the lord blessed be the name of the lord hallelujah
2: hallelujah and if our god is for us
3: Our God is for us, and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you, Pastor David, for preaching such a great message. Let's lift our hands and just thank the Lord together. Dear Lord, we are thankful, so thankful, Lord, for the Word of God, because it's talking about our God jesus the same yesterday today and forever the now god we thank you we love you we praise you pray for every person here today if there's one soul that does not know you in the power of the holy ghost before they come back tonight even at home they would get down on their knees and find a place of prayer and come back to the service with a shout of victory that they were filled with the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Come back tonight.